Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 62. Today, I am hanging out with Danielle Moss of The Every Girl. We've heard from Elena, her partner in crime, but this time we are going to share her story of how she became a part of something so big and so inspiring. We're going to talk all about how she went from having her own blog to having this gigantic website, what the transition looks like, what her ultimate goal is, and how growing a team has really allowed her to expand the horizons of the every girl and beyond. I am so excited to get to hang out with Danielle and introduce her to everyone. And this episode is going to be so much fun. You're listening to the Gold Digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey, Gold Diggers, it's Jenna Kutcher, and today I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Danielle Moss. Now, you heard her partner's story, Elena, on episode number 18, all about starting the every girl, but I wanted to take Danielle on because it's so awesome to see such an incredible partnership between two of my friends and they have such different stories and journeys and I just know that you're going to be so inspired after you hear from her. Danielle came into my life a few years ago and we've gotten to work together a few times and she's just become somebody that I really, really love to be with. She's somebody that I've gotten to share a hotel room with and we stayed up way too late talking way long into the night because we just became fast friends. And so welcome to the show, Danielle. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you. So we're going to kick this off. Now we heard Elena's story before about starting the every girl, but you had a different path. And so tell us kind of what your path went from blogger to owning this giant website and beyond. 
Thanks for having me. So yeah, our it's funny, Elena's story and mine are so different. She knew exactly what she wanted and I was the floundering twenty something who had no vision for my future. And I was just really lost. I knew I wanted to do something creative and different, but I didn't know what. So in 2007, so that was a decade ago, I launched my first personal blog with no real intention. I I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And back then, you know, people weren't really blogging the way they are today. It was more of a, like, I, I kept it really quiet at first, didn't really share it with friends, but I just had fun with it. And I decided I wanted to redesign it. And blog designers also weren't a thing a decade ago. So I redesigned my blog and someone asked for help with theirs. And then someone else asked for help and I kept getting all these emails. So I decided to set up a site for it. And before I knew it, I had a wait list and I left my job in entertainment. I was working doing product placement in film, which is just a whole story for another day. And I was a full-time blog designer. So I wasn't making very much money. So I lived at home at the time at my mom's house back in LA And I saved up some money and I was in this really awful, toxic relationship with this guy that just was not very nice. And I hadn't traveled in almost 10 years, really horrible fear of flying, and decided to go visit some blog friends and went to a few different states and ended up in Chicago with a friend for three days. And I got off the train in Lincoln Park and I was just like, oh, I think I'm going to move here. And, you know, at the time I was designing blogs and blogging personally. And, um, so I picked up and did a month and a half test run. And a few months later, August, 2010 moved to Chicago. So flash forward a year, I meet Elena through blogging. And one night we are with our friend, Jess Lively, who, you know, and you've had on your podcast. And we were talking about, you know, just our hopes and dreams and everything we wanted to do with our lives. And Elena and I realized that we had this shared vision to inspire women. And the two of us got together. So this was like winter 2011. I don't know why we waited so long, but flash forward to August. So we waited a few months. The two of us sat down and got coffee. And we left with, I just remember saying, okay, so we're doing this. And that was it. Six months later, launched our website. So we worked Night and day, we were both doing graphic design from home at the time. She worked for a nonprofit. You've all heard her story. And I was doing, you know, blog design primarily. And yeah, we we launched our site and we worked, you know, round the clock and we were unpaid for, I want to say the better half of two years. So it was a lot. But yeah, and then, you know, we five years later have an office and full-time employees and a director of brand partnerships. And it's just kind of crazy to see how it's grown. And when you actually think about, you know, the whole backstory, but, and in all that time, so we had our personal blogs, which they're what we use to leverage and draw, you know, excitement and attention toward the every girl. And my blog sort of died. It was breakfast at toast. And then I rebranded with my name, which I constantly pine over because I miss breakfast at toast. But I, you know, it had grown a lot around the launch of the every girl just about just before then. And I sort of, you know, I, my heart wasn't in it and you can't force something that's not right at the time. So I would say it was maybe a year and a half, almost two years ago, I missed blogging and I picked it up again. And I have I'm surprised at the fact that I've like been able to keep it up. But yeah, I've kept up blogging personally and I've really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's where we are today. 
That's amazing. And I think something I love so much, Jess Lively is such a connector. Like that is her superpower. I swear. She just finds so much joy in creating connections with people. And so it's just so crazy. Do you ever stop and think about like, what if she would have never connected you guys? Or what if you would have never gone to Chicago? Like those tiny little things in your life that have lined you up to be where you are today. It's just crazy. If I didn't start a blog, I wouldn't be here. Like starting that blog blog put me in a position where I had a business that got me to Chicago and I came here with a friend I met through blogging like all and just Jess and I connected I can't even remember how I want to say through Crystal the founder of Rue and I invited her to my Christmas party and I said I had read Elena's blog back then and I was like bring Elena she seems fun and then the three of us got together and yeah but Jess is amazing every time I talk to her I feel like I've had this incredible like inspirational slash like therapy friend session. She just, she always knows exactly what to say. I totally agree. When I interviewed her, we like stayed on the episode 20 minutes later and I like got off and I'm like, that was earth shattering. Everyone needs to go listen to Jess Lively's episode on here if you haven't yet. So one thing I want to talk about And I know you just put a post out about this, but what would you tell somebody who's just starting out in the blogging world? Because you have a decade of experience. And in Elena's episode, we talked a lot about how blogging has definitely shifted over the years. There's been a lot of cycles and trends. So if there's somebody that would come to you and say, Danielle, I'm thinking about starting a blog, what would you say to them? So it's funny, I actually had this post go live on my personal blog today called Should I Start a Blog? Because it is one of the most asked questions. I get emails all the time. A lot of people think it's too late. And, you know, it's really not. Is the market very saturated? Yes. But if you're going into it with this, I want to be the next big thing, I want to make money, I really think that just, I don't think that's the right reason to do it. And that's not to say that won't happen for you because it absolutely can But, you know, I did this unpaid. There were no sponsorships from 2007 until realistically, I wasn't really making any money on my personal blog until a year or two ago. And even then I've had four sponsored posts this year and have posted almost every day. So it's not, that's not why I'm doing it. Your heart has to be in it and you want to, you know, you need to go into this in a really, I know people are always talking about being authentic and I don't mean to overuse that at all, but You really need, your heart needs to be in it. It needs to be something you want to do and you have to stay true to yourself. And I would say though, if you want to keep people coming back, you know, having a site that looks great and is easy to navigate and great photography and writing and posting regularly, those things are all wonderful. But I think that's always been important if you want to produce really good content. But it really comes down to doing something you love. And if you keep doing what you love, you will build it and all of those great things will come. I couldn't agree more. I think that's so great. And it's really hard nowadays, I think, especially with the world of Instagram and everything that people see, you know, everything looks so much different than it feels for a lot of us. And a lot of things that look like overnight success have been years and years and years in the making. And I love that you even said, like, you guys didn't get paid for the first two years. And it was just such a labor of love. But now you're in a place that it's amazing. And you guys 
have this brand sponsorship stuff. And, you know, one of the biggest questions we get, especially when it comes to blogging, and you kind of touched on it a bit, is how do you decide which sponsorships and partnerships to take on now that you are in a place that you can monetize the every girl, which has been growing for years? How do you decide what's the right fit for you guys? So whenever we evaluate a potential partnership, we look to see if the brand adds value to our readers. So we've been really lucky to work with great brands, and we only work with the ones we love that are a natural fit for our demographic, for the every girl. And anytime something comes up and we're like, yeah, this brand is great, then we all brainstorm and find the best possible way to highlight them and to really naturally integrate them into a story. We're not, you know we're not about ads and we want to know that it's something that feels like this great fit and brands have come to us that aren't. And when that's the case, we don't work with them. So we, we're really lucky though, to have partnered with some awesome brands and we've gotten to do such exciting things. We're currently in the process of a three city event tour with Kendall Jackson, who we've been working with for years and we're doing these wine tastings. We have one in Charleston next week and one in Boston in August and we just did one in Houston. So it's been, you know, really fun and exciting. I love that. I think to your readers of your website can tell when something's authentic and when it's not. And I think that you guys have done such a tasteful and good job of that. And one thing that I want to say, and this is totally a rant and I'm taking over Danielle for a moment is when people get critical about brands having ads or sponsored posts, like I always want to challenge them and say, like, if you could get paid to share information that is perfect for your audience, wouldn't you do it? And, you know, I do sponsored posts probably maybe once or twice a month. And I'm so particular about what I choose and what I'm sharing with my audience. And I think a lot of us were protective of our audiences. Like we've worked so hard to get them. And so I think it's so incredible when I see brands that can monetize in a really beautiful, organic, authentic way. And I think that you guys have done such a good job of that. Thank you. And something I think people don't understand, you know, I've heard people say that working with brands is selling out, but we, we have to pay the bills at the end of the day and you can't run a website that has stories going up every single day. We pay writers, we pay photographers, we have a full-time staff and it's not selling out is working with a brand that isn't a fit. So if something isn't and you take that on, that is selling out. Like, and that's not to say mistakes won't be made, you know, over the years, but we've learned to, you know, only partner, yeah, with the ones that are. And I think it's something people don't necessarily have a grasp of, which I get because we're not all in this world, but it's how we're able to do what we do. Absolutely. So one thing that we talk a lot about on the podcast is really finding who your ideal client is and really knowing like who that girl is that you're speaking to. And I've heard you say that you're kind of phasing out of being the target market for the every girl. But I also teach a lot in my courses and on this show that you don't have to be your target market in order to speak to them. You just have to know them and understand them. So what has that process been like for you? Because you're kind of out of that every girl stage of your life, but you're still in it in some of your parts. And so what has that transition felt like? It has been so weird. So I'm, <laughs> I am officially at phasing out 34 is, is the peak of our target demographic. That is not to say we don't have women in their late thirties and even in their forties and fifties that like the site and our content, but you know, be sitting with our team who almost everyone, Elena and I are in our thirties. I'm three years older than she is, but most of our team, they're all in their twenties. And I would say where I really struggle, honestly, is fashion because they'll pitch something. I'm like, 
oh, are people wearing that now? Like, <laughs> I'm like the grandma sitting there like, oh, is, is that a good song? People like that show? Like, I'm not watching and wearing what the 20-somethings are wearing. And that's not to say I never relate to anything. And there is so much I do. And I can also look back at, you know, things that affected me in my 20s and think about how I would feel then. But it really is, I think, just getting to know your audience. And if you're completely out of the demographic, reader surveys and having, you know, a team or even friends that you can network with or people that are doing something similar. I feel like the blog and website world is so collaborative. And I have noticed this, you know, a lot of people talk about community over competition and it really, I mean, look at you and Jess, you both have podcasts and you've worked together. Like it's, there is this amazing group of women out there who want to help each other. And even my friend Kelly of Kelly in the city, before I switched to WordPress, she realized I wasn't on WordPress and like in all caps was like, what are you doing? And (laughs) we both have Chicago blogs. Like she would be a competitor, but we just don't see it that way at all. And I think that finding people that you can talk to who can give you advice also really helps. You know what I think is so cool too? And I think it comes with maturity and I think it comes with experience is I look at people that have other podcasts and I'm like, let's share each other. Because if somebody listens to podcasts, they likely listen to more than one podcast. Same with blogs. If you have somebody that loves to read blogs, they probably read more than just one. And so what amazing things could be done if we teamed up together? And I just, I think that so many times when competition comes into play, it's because our mindset is of scarcity. We believe that scarcity exists. And I think that collaboration and community comes when you see like, it's not going to take away from my listeners if they get to listen to another incredible person. And same thing with you. And I love that you preach that and you live that and you talk that. And I mean, it's brought you so many incredible people into your lives. And it's also really transformed the way that you work and work with other people too. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a really great experience. And I think that, you know, so going back to to knowing your readers, I think even knowing people kind of in the same world, I have friends who, you know, have blogs and they'll say something that's done really well or what hasn't, or they'll give me advice on things they think I should do. So I think there's so many ways to learn. And, you know, there's always Google if you need a little extra help. Right, exactly. Oh my gosh. So talk to me a little bit about when you went through your rebrand for your personal blog. What was that like? I know you do a lot of your own design work, which I think is crazy because I have way too many ideas and I could never do that. But what has the rebirth been like? Is it inspiring? Do you feel excited about it? Kind of share a little bit about that story. Yeah, I wish I remember. You know how you go back and you're like, I want to know the moment when I was like, I'm going to do I wasn't targeting it. I just felt like writing again. I really missed it. I don't really write for the every girl. I, I struggle. I just don't think I'm a very strong writer and I get really, really nervous sharing anything on our site. So for me, this is the place where I feel safe. Just like my writing doesn't have to feel perfect and I don't have a journalism background and I can just do my thing and write as if I'm speaking to people. But yeah, so I don't work with WordPress. So I did hire someone to do the site. And it's actually the same team that redesigned the every girl did this for me. I'm sure it was fun for them working with me because I definitely (laughs) have a lot of thoughts and I have sense, like I'll just send them mock-ups in Photoshop. I'm like, so I want this widget in the sidebar and then they'll build it for me, which is great. So it's like, I I half 
they they did everything, but then I'm just like, hey, can we try this font? Can we try this? And they've been really fun to work with. But, you know, so there wasn't this clear vision. I just kind of went with it. And for me, the part I have loved the most, you know, we've all, we all have our struggles and our things we've been through, but getting to share that with people. And now Instagram stories, I feel like has been the biggest game changer for me personally, because I can basically, it feels like I'm texting people that I don't have the, I wouldn't have the opportunity to otherwise communicate with. So I'll just post them. I'm like, Hey, does anyone have any questions about life? Or are you struggling with something? Email me. And I will get into these amazing conversations with people or get messages that, you know, sharing the story about struggling with wedding planning or my relationship with my mom and how difficult that is, or, you know, being able to put that stuff out there, it is not easy to share, but that for me is really what fuels wanting to do this. And just getting an email from someone who feels a little less alone in something makes whatever I'm going through that much more worth it. And it's also fun to, you know, put together the fun design stuff and interiors and fashion. But for me, that's kind of the heart of everything, getting to help people. I love that. And before we started recording, Danielle and I were just talking about some of the harder seasons of life and that there does, it feels like there is purpose when at least you know you have a place and a platform that you can share these things to help make people feel less alone. And I feel like that is like one of my biggest missions in life. That's my calling. And I think that's why you and I are such good friends is that we're like, hey, like at least when we're going through these really hard seasons we're not pretending they don't exist we're kind of embracing them and sharing them in a way that's therapeutic for us but also in a way that speaks to our audience and you know invites them to show up as they are and I think that's such a gift and I think it's really a blessing oh yeah I think that and especially you know even just recent most recently with all the wedding stuff and you know I've only been able to touch on kind of parts of what were really difficult with that but and I will eventually get into this, but like, it looks like I won't have, you know, any family at my wedding. And that's something that's so hard to go through, but I'm not the only one who has. Mm-hmm. And if me going through that, like if I can help one person by sharing that story, and I've had so many women email me saying that they're struggling with something similar like that, it doesn't mean I wouldn't change it because obviously I'd rather have things be different, but it gives me a sense of why I'm going through it because I was able to do something with it and I was able to help someone. So it makes the twenties that, you know, I I was so unhappy in that relationship and so unhappy living back in LA. And, and it's like, I'm able to share that story. And it's like, okay, that's why I went through this. And I remember, I remember at the time, sorry, I'm going off on a little ramble here, but this is like one of those, this, I was randomly thinking about this recently and it made me so happy. (laughs) I remember feeling really unhappy back then and thinking, okay, one day I'm going to have a daughter and she's, you know, she's not going to have a great relationship with her mom or she's going to be struggling with something and I'm going to help her and this will make sense. And Mm -hmm. maybe that will happen, but I have gotten to connect with so many amazing women and help them. And it's like, it's just, it's beyond anything I ever thought I would have been able to do. And it's like, if it all ended now, I don't mean like life, but, but if all of this part of the journey ended now, like I would have just, it all would have been worth it. And it makes Mm -hmm. so much more sense. I see you over there racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to the life of an entrepreneur. No one told you about all the hats you'd have to wear, and they certainly didn't warn you about all of the numbers. Challenging? Absolutely. But our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. Now, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud 
accounting software. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. FreshBooks is not only easy to use, it is also packed full of powerful features. Now, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. You can do things like create invoices in less than 30 seconds, set up online payments with just a couple of clicks, and see when your client has viewed your invoice so that awful guessing game is finally put to rest. In order to claim it, go to freshbooks.com slash goal and enter Gold Digger in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Absolutely. One thing that I think is super interesting, and you and I have talked about this before, is you and Elena have very different working styles. And so when Elena was like so stoked on getting the office and stuff like you and I, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, if I could like not see people for a few days and just put my head down and do the work, I would be like the happiest person in the world. And so what has that transition been like for you? And what is your workday looking like now that you guys have this space and a team how has that changed for you? It's actually been really good. I will say at first, it was definitely a struggle for me just because I have worked for myself since I've been working alone, solo since 2007. So it was a really big change, but I can't tell you how much I love our team. So being around them is great. We're also not in there five days a week. I don't think either Elena or myself would love that. It makes our meetings, so we meet every Monday and Wednesday, and it is it is just so much easier when they're face-to-face. I definitely have my moments where I feel a little bit distracted by everything, but, you know, when that happens, if people need to, you know, you put headphones on, or if I need to go finish something at home, that's okay, too. So it's been great. The space is amazing. We recently redid the kitchen, and we shared that on The Every Girl, and we will have a full office tour coming soon, so... It's been really fun and nice to have the space, but it definitely helps with my personality type and my work style that I'm, you know, I split my time between there and home. So I still get the best of both worlds. That's perfect. I recently just joined a co-working space in our town with some girlfriends and I'm actually really excited about it because I can become a hermit (laughs) and I'm like, okay, maybe it will be good. Like even if just two days a week, I go there and get work done and have conversation and be with other humans other than Drew and my dogs. And so I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. And that encourages me because I know you and I have very similar work mindset and mentalities just because you do, you get so comfortable working for yourself. You're like, wait, I should show up somewhere at what time? <laughs> well, and you're so comfortable not wearing real pants. I Absolutely. <laughs> up until we got the office, I mean, I just wore workout clothes and then I would go work out after work. So I will say though, I've gotten at first, I dreaded getting dressed. I actually love it now. That I like, like I get ready. Okay. So right now I'm in like sweat shorts. So <laughs> I'm not dressed yet. I plan on being dressed today. I'm going into the office after this. But it's a really nice mix of like the days I work at home. And then like, even last week, I put on a skirt and went to the office and I felt like such a professional business lady. It was great. I was just like, wow, I'm so dressed up. Where (laughs) there's a point where I only wore sneakers and workout pants. So yeah. I think my style would be classified as hobo chic. (laughs) And so maybe I'll take a few notes from you and maybe put on real pants once a week. I think I could get there eventually. Not like a heel person, but like, you know, pants, dress, sandals. It's fun. 
I'll get there. I promise myself. So when it comes to the every girl and your site, what are things that you guys just really get fired up about sharing? I know you have different passion projects. I know that you have things that you love, like rescuing dogs like me. Um, But what are things that just really fire you up in content that you can share with your audience? Well, I feel like it's so different for both sites because so the thing is, I'm not the one that's creating most of the content on the every girl. So it's some, it's definitely a different experience, but every week we have a big pitch meeting and they're always really fun. So everybody comes prepared with a couple ideas and we talk about, you know, the things we're excited about. And so much of it is based on what we're going through. So I'm just always like, like lately, it's just like how to deal with wedding planning, how to, it's always like the thing that we're going through that we, we tend to keep pushing, but it's just kind of talking about the things we want to see on the site and mapping out content and, you know, as far as categories go, I feel like, you know, we love interiors and career. The wellness stuff really excites us because it's an opportunity to help people and and finance too. That's something we want people to know about. So I would say, you know, the every girl across the board is so broad and we're just always trying to think about new and exciting things we can do. And then I would say personally, obviously my rescue dogs are the best thing ever, especially buddy who's sitting here with me right now he's just my best friend in the whole world and I don't get more excited about anything that isn't buddy like he's the best I love you buddy. <laughs> but, uh, but you know I would say it, it comes down to what I said before I just get really excited about sharing things that I think are gonna help people that is what really does it for me so yeah I love it. I love it. So talk to us a little bit about what you see in terms of the direction of the every girl and your personal blog. What kind of things are you excited about? What are you seeing a year from now, two years from now, whatever that looks like? I have no plans for my personal blog at all. So way more focused on the every girl. So I'm just just going to keep, I'm going to post as long as I enjoy it. I imagine I will slow down a little bit this summer just because I want to enjoy sunshine. I had every intention of posting this weekend and then I just did fun summer stuff and it was great. So in that sense, there's no pressure there and I'm just kind of having fun with it as long as I feel like having fun with it. For the every girl, I think, you know, for us, this is relatively big, but you know, there, there are some projects we're working on that we can't quite talk about yet. We're just excited to continue to grow our company and our brand and to grow the site. We recently completely redid the site which was a very long journey and that was I don't know that I'd use the word fun but we can call it fun it was very stressful but the site looks amazing now so we're really excited about that and just you know working on creating great new content we start diving into holiday in the next few months which seems crazy but that's how that works so we'll be doing that soon and yeah I don't know it's it's hard because like anything that we're working you know I can't can't dive into <laughs> totally yeah. I understand that's exciting keep going to keep growing the team and and yeah just and see where we end up what has been the hardest part about growing the team I've done a lot of shows about you know creating your dream team and hiring and what that looks like and finding the right people for the right positions and you guys basically went from the two of you to having a pretty sizable team what has been the hardest part and what's been the most rewarding part in that process Yes. So we have two full-time in the office with us. So there are four of us in the office. And then, so we have three full-time total. And then one is in Alabama. So our first two hires were our first two interns. So finding them was easy the whole time. We had this pipe dream of eventually hiring people. 
And I wouldn't call it the pipe dream, but we were just like, one day we'll get there. And we always said, we're like, we need Allison and Caitlin. That's just what we always said. So when the time came, Allison came on as our managing editor and has been, she's amazing. She's, they're both amazing. They're all amazing. Kelly too, who we didn't know until she joined the team. I think it was six months ago. And they're all, you know, it's one of those things where with Allison and Caitlin, we obviously, we go back with them almost or about five years. So we just knew them. We knew they understood our mission. So it was a little harder with the next hire, but we got on a Skype call with Kelly and we just knew like her writing was fantastic and we just connected with her and it felt right. And I think it's just finding the right person who really gets your mission and gets what you're about. And in our case, we obviously wanted writing skills and her graphic design. Is, uh, she's so good. But so I would say that for us, the biggest challenge at the beginning was trusting someone else to actually mm-hmm. like to do things, they're not going to do it the same way you are. And we were, I don't want to say dictators, but we were, I think we were so scared to hand anything over that we did a little too much handholding, but Allison knew us so well that she just was able to handle it. She was the perfect person for this. And then we eventually, I think there was that day where we're just like, all right, we're going to hand over Instagram. And I think we were terrified, but it went so (laughs) well. We got really lucky. We really did. So I would say that was probably the hardest is like trusting someone and we're now at the point where like a story will go up that Allison's been working on that, and this doesn't happen all the time, but that we haven't seen. And like, she's just, we trust her entirely. And same thing with Caitlin. We're not reviewing her. She's our social media manager now. We're not reviewing every single post. Like we know that she gets it. And that doesn't mean we're not keeping an eye on everything, but there's that certain sense of like, you can't run everything. You have to, you have to be able to delegate. You have to trust others. So then it comes down to hiring the right people who get your mission and your voice. Absolutely. What has it looked like just in the switch of roles? So you guys were doing everything before you had hired anyone. So what kind of have you gotten off of your plate and what have you been able to add into your life now that you have more balance or more time because of your team? So, I mean, they're all amazing and we could not do this the way we are now without them. There, you know, there was the point where it was us and then some interns and well, I mean, it was them, but you know, and it was great, but we were publishing one story a day and you know, now it's four. So I would say, didn't mention, we have over 20 writers across the country who are producing content for us as well. So We really couldn't do this without everybody and produce the kind of content that we are. We are no longer handling social media, which when you're posting that many times a day is so, 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 so much work enough that there is a full-time social media manager. So, and not having to communicate with every single writer and figure out the calendar and do all that. So Allison manages our calendar and does most of the communication with writers. Caitlin's handling social. Kelly does, oh my gosh, a little bit of everything. She has upped the graphic design game so much. Like our graphics look so good. Our newsletter looks phenomenal. When sponsored stories come in, we don't always have to be the one to produce them because we have these three amazing full-time people on our team who are all phenomenal writers and can produce great content. So that's something that's really nice too, because we can do that in-house. So for us, it's more bigger picture with the brand. And I would say working with our director of brand partnerships and 
growing the site and working on some of those other things I can't really talk about right now. And there was such a big focus on working on the website because that just took so much time. So we were able to really focus on brand growth versus the smaller day-to-day tasks, which are still so important. But when we focus on those, we then don't have time for growth. Absolutely. And I feel like you guys are now the visionaries and kind of you're the captains, like you're driving the ship and your team is the ones that are just steering and making sure, you know, the content is aligned and everything. But I feel like you're able to have a way bigger scope of what the overall every girl is instead of, you know, having your head down and doing all the work yourselves. And I think I've just seen such a transition in both of your lives, just in extending your team so that you guys can focus on so many other things within your lives and just so much more balance, which I think is such a beautiful thing to see. Well, yeah. And I didn't take vacations before that just wasn't, and I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really travel until I was like 31. So that's a whole other thing, but you know, we have this incredible team and it's not in the past. If one of us left town, everything fell to the other person. And that person's life was basically horrible for however long the other person was gone And now it's just, and that's not to say it's easy when one of us isn't there, but we can make it work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Elena got married last year and it worked out. We were all, there was a whole team there and that's happening for me this year. And, you know, it's so much easier to kind of pick up the pieces when you have this amazing team that is all there to help and support each other. And it really is all hands on deck. There's nothing that someone on the team won't or can't do. So we're all able to help each other. That's amazing. So where can everybody find you? Share all the places that people can connect with you because I'm sure they're going to want to after this episode. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Okay, so <laughs> every girl, it's the everygirl.com. And instead of listing out every single social media handle, because there are so many, you can find any of those on our site. But we are, um, I will say Instagram is our biggest one. So it's the every girl underscore on Instagram. And then my site is just my name, danielle-moss.com. And then I'm Danielle Moss underscore on Instagram. But we're all across all of the social media platforms. It's just easier to probably find us on our websites. Absolutely. Well, everyone, please go check out the every girl and Danielle. And Danielle, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and just your friendship. I value you so much. I'm so excited to share you with all the listeners. And I know that people are going to be so excited to hear your journey. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I love you. You're the best. I love you too. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, you gold-digging dream chaser you.